0: Welcome to Assiduous Dust. This is your host, Joshua Corwin, and I'm here for episode number three with guests Thelma T. Renee and Karen Greenbaum-Maya, who are award-winning authors. We'll discuss politics, poetry, vulnerability, and more. They'll share from their latest work and others, and of course, as always, we'll create collaborative poems on the spot with yours truly viewers you are in for a treat welcome Thelma t renee glad to have you here thank you i'm very delighted to be here josh thank you for yes. inviting me of course it's a pleasure for those of you who don't know about Thelma's work Thelma t renee's books have collectively won 14 national literary awards amazing she's written five books um A short story collection, "Uh, the Heaven Weep, the Heavens Weep for Us," and other stories. Two poetry chapbooks, "Breath and Bell." Common, they're excellent, by the way, and two full-length poetry collections, "Rising, Falling," and, um, "Rising, Falling," all of us, and "Reading Tea Leaves After Trump," which is excellent and I highly recommend. Well, all of her work I highly recommend, and then she also she also had. Um, her new book, uh, memoir in poems titled "Dearest Papa," which is a full-length collection, which is pretty recent, January 2020. She's uh was as poet laureate in Altadena. She edited two anthologies, showcased which showcased over hundred poets collectively from uh, Altadena Poetry Review 2015, 2016, and it just recently changed to Altadena. Uh, what is it, Literary Review? Yes, Literary Review. It just changed so you can check that out if you're interested. She's a pushcart she has that in poetry for 2017 and she manages Golden Foothills Press, which you can find on www.goldenfoothillspress.com, which is run excellently, and she is an amazing individual, by the way, and incredibly friendly, and I can't wait. I am just so amazed, and you've done a lot of writing, and won a lot of awards, and had a lot of success. Like, how did you do it?
1: How did oh, you do it? For
0: those who are <laughs> who are in, inspired upon hearing your amazing bio, you know. Oh, thank yeah, you what, so what much, would you Joshua. Say, or, or what's been, what you know, what got you in this path? You know, we all kind of have a bit of a story, you know.
2: Yes. Well, thank you so much, Josh. Well, I I was born uh, in a poor little dusty Texas town, uh, (laughs) but I was very, very fortunate and not to an educated family. I want to say my father dropped out of junior high. Um, uh, He was a son of an immigrant. My mother dropped out of high school. Uh, They were both teenagers when they married. They had nine kids. I'm one of nine kids, uh, my maternal grandparents never ever went to school a day in their lives, so um, you know they were literate. Uh, my grandma taught herself how to read and write in Spanish. Wow. I don't know how. Wow. So I, I come from I come from a background of poverty and not a lot of education, but but I was totally fortunate to have outstanding. School teachers, all my life, I just loved school. I love school. They do uh, not;
0: the they are not appreciated enough, and they're completely underpaid. And it is an atrocity. I think it, it that it, is it right. really is something. um Just FYI, and I'm sure our, our viewers agree. It's just it's just horrific. Anyways, keep going. I just wanted to say yes. That. Well, well, it's I'm, so I'm with you on that.
2: Well, I'm, I'm with you on that point, but I just wanted to give a shout out to the teachers in my entire career, and especially in high school, I've had yeah. to memorize. I started writing poetry, actually, with a little private notebook. That's a lot of poetry. Uh, and, you know, I, I was lucky to, to get a couple of college degrees in teaching uh, English. And so I did that uh, in a high school here, Pasadena High School, in Pasadena, California, for sixteen years, and went on to administrative work in schools. But but being a teacher is really, really starting from nineteen seventy to eighty six that I went. Into that's what really got me into the publishing field. As I was teaching literature, I mean, my mind was always thinking and engaged with poetry. We analyzed literature in class. We wrote essays. Uh, it just reopened my mind to the beauty of the literature and the writing that I used to love in, in my high school and college years. And so I, I said, well, why not? you know, do it myself. I'm, I'm inspired. So teaching literature and English was also a source of inspiration. And last thing I got to say, my mother, though she was, you know, not not a high school graduate, she had been a stellar student. Her name was Mary, uh, Maria Guerra, Mary Guerra Teus Ruth, by the time she passed away about a dozen years ago. But she always supported me, always, you know, pushed my my learning, my studying, uh, and uh, and I, I got to say that the encouragement of parents, especially for Latina girls in my generation growing up, many of who did not go to college, uh, my mother always had dreams and, and support for me, and that also
0: encouraged me to pursue my dreams and here I am. Yeah, and I wonder, do you find that, you know, you know sometimes there's a few pattern something and put you in a certain path and it, it it's really interesting cuz sometimes it's this non-linear path and for others it's just completely linear and i wonder just like you know what what like you do you realize okay i'm going to start golden foothills press i'm going to do these things and it's like you know <laughs> it's not this linear thing, like, boom, 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 I'm going to do this. It's, it's, I'm just curious about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, are, really are, done are, a lot. Uh, yep. That, that's a good question, Josh. Uh, our lives are always uh, taking twists and turns that you may be prepared mm. for. They might surprise you. Um, but, but I, I, as I grow older and as I've, I've matured um, uh, I, I have, I have realized that everything in life is connected. And I say that from the heart because I really feel it Yeah, and I see it more and more. And, uh, in my,
0: it's also in your poetry. It's also very, you know, it's very obvious in there. Um, you know, thank you.
2: Thank you. You know, so, so, so how, how did I get to publishing? Well, uh, I, I love school. I uh, went to college, got a degree, became an English teacher, taught literature and writing, decided to do it myself. There you it, go. Started, started publishing. And then I said, hey, look at all these people around me that they're, they're excellent writers. They don't have any avenues to publish. Um, let's why don't I start up uh, my own little micro indie imprint and help others. Yeah, and let's myself. give back yeah. to the community <laughs> and give
0: back to them.
2: There you go. Yeah, there you uh, go. It's all connected.
0: <laughs> it's all connected and you give back and it's like this whole circle game, you know, that that great uh Joni Mitchell song, you know, it it, it really is all connected. Yes. And I, I'm interested about also um dearest papa, you know, could you tell me a bit more about that cuz that's a very personal um, very personal memoir. Um, well, thank you. Yes. And yeah. And I I'm sure our readers are or listeners, uh you could read ears, you know, everything's very groovy and out there. <laughs> you know, um well thank are, are interested you. in about that. And mm-hmm. you know, what kind of led to that. Um.
2: Right, right. Well, you know, it, it's uh, actually it's an example of a direct contradiction to what I was saying a minute ago uh, when I was talking <laughs> about our, uh, our lives, you know, take a lot of twists and turns. And actually, no, it's actually an example of our lives take a lot of twists and turns and some we can foresee and prepare for, such as my professional trajectory and others come out of the blue. My husband and I were were married, uh, and by the way, the book just came out uh, this month. Yep. So I am I am planning. Oh, it uh, wasn't
0: in January. It was just this n- month.
2: Right. The, the, those were pre order editions. Uh, I, I completed it the first. Uh, the first copies were printed on a limited basis in January, but but this month was Ooh. a full official release in march is going to be it's up on amazon.com it's it's on the golden foothills press website as well but okay, but here's so an example check it
0: out if you're interested yeah please make sure after listening that you check it out go to amazon go to golden press.com uh, stay tuned for that please check it out and support you know, give back to your community. Be inspired. Now, please continue, Selma. I just well, want to make that clear. It's a necessary thank PSA. Thank you. Thank
2: you. Yeah. So, th- so, that's an example of of uh of something that that came out of the blue into our lives. Uh, we had uh, a few months before my husband passed away in late 2018. Uh, we had just celebrated. So our- thank you. We had just celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary. Um, his fa- his health had been. Uh, you know, a, a little on the decline the past couple of years of his life, but he was on an upswing. He was vibrant. He was very, mm. very hopeful, very optimistic, very strong, never complaining. Uh, we had a lot of things to look forward to. We had a dinner date uh, the oh. day he died. He went into minor surgery, um, very minor surgery. He'd had it before, just an hour in and out, but he died during that minor surgery. So wow. uh So I went in that morning uh, with with him, you know, with dinner date planned, uh, uh, just sit in the waiting room for an hour. And then you guys are out of there and go and have some fun. Uh, Instead, by the time I walked out of that hospital very late at night, you know, close to midnight, um, my husband was gone gone. and. You know, I went yeah. home alone. That's right. And so uh, so that was just a thunderbolt out of the sky. It, it totally traumatized my son, my daughter, and our three grandkids who totally uh, adored oh my God. him. I, they adored yeah, him. I, yeah. So the book was, uh, I started the book a, a few weeks after his death in October 2018. And I spent, I spent my first uh, mourning, you know, grieving year, uh, all of 2019, writing the book. So I completed wow. it. About a year, uh, shortly after his one-year anniversary, and it, yeah, it's, it's sure just—he's uh, he's,
0: he's honored, you know. I'm sure because, you know, I'm sure that he is looking down, you know, and 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 still loves you, of course. From that, you know, I don't know if there's a heaven, I don't know, whatever, but he is glad that you're writing and that you're doing this and using as a channel. Well, thank and you. I'm Joshua. inspired by that. You know, I have this feeling right now in myself this kind of yearning to breathe. And, you
1: mm-hmm. know, this is
0: important. It's becoming vulnerable, it's important stuff. It, it's really, you know, yes. a lot of people don't write from the heart. Um, it's something really important to do. Really. I agree.
2: I agree with you, and and I think yeah. writing about the death of a, the writing about the sudden, uh, devastating yeah. death of a loved one uh, really exposes, um, it, it really exposes the the writer's vulnerabilities, and it it tests us because we're having, especially if you're doing the writing, as I said, uh, during a time of grieving. Um, yeah there's a lot that you reflect on. There's a lot that you, you have so mm-hmm. many regrets. Oh, I wish I had done this. I wish I had, you know, I should have, uh, would have, could have, and I didn't. It, and, you know, so you're right. I I'm with you. It, it, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do to bear your soul, but, um, it's I worth felt, it, you know, yeah.
0: I, I had a similar thing. Um, you know, for myself, I have my 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 debut for my collection. Uh but it's actually titled Becoming Vulnerable. And part of what really inspired it was uh my grandfather, uh, you know, Mert Freeman. He he very much just um he always wanted me, like I always wrote and did stuff, but he wanted me to put out a poetry collection. And one of the things to give back was as he was going in and out for the the hospital was like, let me put some stuff together and piece that together and start uh-huh. doing that. So I was doing a lot of introspecting. So I have a few poems that are like, you know, dedicated about him and like him in my process. And then I I bore like I introspected a lot about death as well as then looking about autism and addiction. And that type of vulnerability really looks in it. It really you feel it when you write. And then when you edit it again, it can be so challenging so how do you like how do you edit something like that how do you do that and there, I'm sure there are certain truths that are revealed about you about things how yes, do you use yes. that to cope and to deal I, I, I'm sure that others who are interested about writing from the heart are as well you know
2: yes well thank you thank you it, it is very difficult um, there were times when I I would just be weeping so hard that I just had to get away from the computer and just go lie down and just let the let the anguish you know flow out there were times uh, I remember one poem in particular it was I actually ended taking it out of the book because I, I felt it was too too painful I literally was on the floor. Crowed up in in the ball, all by myself at home, weeping. You you have to be when you're writing about the the what I call the hard stuff, which is yeah. usually lo- loss. Loss is a, so much a part of our lives. You have to be prepared for for times when the emotions are just going to be very strong, and you can't ignore them. You can't try to damn them up. You have to just let them flow. You have to just give yourself time to to grieve. To recuperate, you know, leave the task, go outside. For me, nature was a big, big Mm. balm. Balm. I would go out into my back garden. I would go for a walk around the neighborhood. I would go to a park. I would just sit outside, listening to birds, watching. You know,
0: Um, because you got to remember not to isolate. You know, because for that, in order to kind of allow it to, you know, continue.
2: Um, Right, right. You have to you have to accept it as it's a it's a natural part, Uh, grieving, mourning, weeping, feeling lost. You know, it's it's like an up and down thing. And uh, that's that's human. That's natural. And being aware of it, I think as a writer, um, uh, easier to to be able to operate. It's, It's easier to be able to to deal with it when it's when it's hitting you. Uh, I was fortunate too, Josh, and the, the, the book mm. I wrote just before this one, it came out in 2018 yeah. at the beginning of the year, actually. Yeah, uh, Reading was Tea called... Leaves. Thank you. Yes, it was. Reading Tea Leaves After Trump. And, and that book, um, it, it's a poetry. It's a hybrid. It's got prose in it as well. Um, it sadly, is very. by
0: the way. Yeah. Oh, thank you it's so much. It's definitely worth checking out for those who are listening. Really. Oh, really.
2: thank you. Thank you. And and it's and an Pernod-
0: incredible title also. I, I really like that.
2: Thank you. And, and you know, the, uh, yeah. to do that book, I, I actually mm-hmm. uh, did research on Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and the five stages of loss, yep. the five stages of death and grieving. And I wove mm-hmm. it into my book and I actually uh, built my book around that framework. So when my right. husband passed away and now I was writing, you know, the next book, you had that. this book, I had that framework. I had that understanding. Wow. Uh, and that also helped me to to be that able goes to back to the, yeah. the
0: circling and the connections of all that. And it, it, isn't it remarkable mm. how that comes together? It, yes. It's, yeah. It's um and I got to say in terms of connections right now, I have uh, I don't have tea leaves in front of me, but you know <laughs> I have I have a. um you know, this mug for tea, I switched from coffee to tea and it says spread your wings and fly with a little hummingbird. And one of the (laughs) pieces in my, my becoming vulnerable book has uh, a book, uh, a thing called, uh, you know, called hello grandpa. And, and, you know, I had this thing where actually the the mug just broke, but it reminds me that it says begin each day with a grateful heart. And I used to have this weird connection with, I I still do. I had a hummingbird feeder near my place and my uh, grandpa, uh, Actually, when we scattered I a in, in, little like synchronicity with hummingbirds and him, and I had that woven into that poem. And interestingly enough, when we scattered his ashes, w- w- it was actually at the last place where I used uh, drugs. And right before we scattered ashes, a hummingbird descended down. And right after we all left and I stuck around, a hummingbird came. So just really interesting. Oh, I-, I don't know that's... why I'm sharing this. It's just you know, but it's just those connections. It's like, you know, and that's the thing Mm -hmm. you can really talk to you. You were so personal. And that's one of the things I really loved you and you're so kind and so sweet and you were so inviting and welcoming. I know you just had a thing where you earlier, uh, what was it earlier this month where you had uh, numerous individuals come, numerous poets for the LA area come to your place for an amazing, inciting time and just to uh-huh. share and share stuff from the heart and it's just really amazing how much you're part of the, the community um it, oh, it's really spectacular thank and i, I think thank that a lot more people need to hear about that and I, and also hear your work and i wonder if you would um be willing to like uh to read a poem from uh reading Key leaves after trump and if you'd like um if you're you're able to uh from dearest
2: papa okay. Yes, well, well, thank you so much. Well, let's see. I'm, I'm sitting actually. I'm sitting in my home office right now. So, of course, there are bookshelves everywhere with not only no. my books, but but I love to read. <laughs> I love to read other people's books too. Uh, out of reading tea leaves after Trump, um, yeah, yeah. I I um I I don't want to. Uh, I'm thinking of a short poem, one of my shortest yeah, poems yeah. is toward is toward the very end. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, remember, I wrote this book in 2017, the first year of right. Trump's yeah. presidency. It was published mm-hmm. in 2018. Um, and, uh, and I was basing it on actual documented events. The whole book, actually I have footnotes all over, is based on documented events that were going on in real time. So these poems were written in real time. And uh, then toward the very end, uh, I, I think I became a little bit, uh, maybe people tell me it's a little bit prophetic. Remember, I wrote this in 2017. So here it is. Uh, this poem is toward the very end and it's called 2020. 2020. Wow okay? okay it's called 2020. Wow. And it's about uh, you know we're, we're, we're there now, we're there. but uh, I wrote it in 2020 uh, you know 17. So it's 2020. Have you foreseen the decade round the corner looming with teeth fully bared, partisans lined in gauntlets with elephant memories of grievances deep, guttural throats? Growling reminders of sick people crying in congressional halls, of brown people dying in paradise lost. On the other side of the divide, hoodless men with leather straps on chests, with shields not bored, but military grade. Boots of steel tramping city streets. German cries with arms raised to skies. Plots to ram, not one's but blocks and blocks and blocks of protest science and of course that that's uh, a reference to the charlottesville uh, murder of the of the protest wow yeah Protester. yeah so that uh, sadly I, I see a lot of that happening yeah. but um anyway may may it not yeah. may it not continue to happen you know yeah and we're, i, I we're you in know it's very difficult times right now
0: it it is powerful uh, i very powerful imagery. Uh, I've been, you know, a- and it's interesting also about about footnotes and having that because I was having a debate, in fact, with somebody about that of, you know, are footnotes do they bag down? Is that is that really something for? Uh, and I think it, it really differs. And I'm just wondering, do you, do you usually do that? Um, yeah, I don't think you usually. It's it's so uncommon. Um, I know. It, it really <laughs> depends.
2: Yeah, yeah, you usually know out out of my various poetry books, that was the only time I I used footnotes. Uh, But I think it's because the book I intended for reading tea leaves after Trump to be a a, a, a historical
0: element too. Yeah,
2: kind of like an accounting in real time of the very first year of this highly, highly um, uh, unprecedented uh, type of precedent for our nation. And so I read throughout the year, uh, I, you know piled up a box full of magazines newspapers and
0: that requires Uh, you to stay informed uh, which is really you know I for me was reading I I I was got involved more like listening to the senate proceedings and the senate hearings because I'm like you know as a duty as poets we have a duty to look and respond because poetry really can change the world and it can help us see things that were you know you know
2: Exactly. Exactly, and and as it is now, you know that first year of the presidency was was very turbulent. Um, uh, you know the part of the poem I just read, the the sick people, the dying. That that of course referred to the congressional hearing. There was only one instead of um, a whole year of hearings in, in Obama's time. When Obamacare was passed, they had a whole year of hearings loaded to the killed with uh, stakeholders from all spectrums. Uh, in, in the Trump year, uh, when they were trying to kill Obamacare, they had only one hearing and it was horrendous. It was horrendous. I watched it on TV and literally there were crippled people. I mean, I, I, I don't mean to use the word crippled, but there, there were, there were uh, handicapped people, disabled people with canes and wheelchairs uh, being dragged out of their wheelchairs uh, being dragged out in the halls of the Senate chamber. Uh, they were weeping and begging, please don't take away my health care, please. And Orrin Hatch, the Republican senator in charge at that time, was just vicious. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you can look it up. Everything, everything that, that's, uh, that's in the book um, is in poetry form. It's written in the voices of others. It's written in the voices of the people who experience these things. Um, but the footnotes uh, remind us that this really did happen. This is what happened. But in my new book with Papa, um, uh, you asked for a poem about that. I have another little short one here. Uh, it's very, very little. Uh, you want me to go ahead and read one from Dearest Papa?
0: Wow. Yes. I was totally enamored by your explanation and your sharing. It's really, really is horrific what's going on and what has been going on in our country and in our nation. And there are individuals like you Har, who are recounting about the difficult and challenging stuff um, in our nation as a poet, a human, and an individual wanting change and part of our community building that. And, you know, I'm inspired to do that as well with individuals as you, as well as to look inwardly, you know, and from that vulnerable place and deal with that. And I wondered if you could share, um, yes, absolutely. Sorry, just so touched and moved and thrown off. Um, I would love you to read a poem from Dearest Papa, if you would, and share it. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. And and, uh, I'll I'll choose a, a really short one. And uh, this is in the last section of the book where we're trying to heal from our mourning. Um, it's uh, like the, the recuperative stage, and this one is called "When the Time Comes," and it was inspired by a poem by Mary Oliver. I have it in the epigraph where she says that uh, in life we have to be able to do three things: we love, we have to love what is mortal, we have to hold it against our. Our, our bones, knowing that our lives depend on it. And then when the time comes, we have to let it go. So that was um, a paraphrase that Mary Oliver, the great uh, Pulitzer Prize poet wrote in, in her book in Blackwater Woods. So I use that as an inspiration. So then here's my poem, When the Time Comes. All are flailing, testing, beseeching gods to shield our transience and in dust. Only one thing never dies, and that is you clasped to my breast and me sewn into yours, both blind to doom that always separates. We've known since birth, since our primal breath, that mortal's love is marked, is clocked, but still we love. And that's it. (laughs) Wow.
0: Still we love yeah no
2: matter what we know we know loss is always with us yeah know- and you know
0: the people yeah. uh, uh, the best things in life are the people we love the places we've been and the memories we've made along the way and the challenges and it, you know that part of that is uh, a little thing that I have uh, in in my room I have that that uh, you know somebody gave me that and it, it's a really beautiful thing and yes. there might be knives in it. Uh, You know, there might be things that happen and go on. But, you know, we we still we love. And um, yeah, Wow, I would love to do, um, if you would, a poem on the spot for our our listeners. (laughs) Yeah,
2: okay. Uh, I'm game. I'm game. I've never done. Yeah. So we'll give it a try. Are you, hello? Yep, I've got, uh, uh-huh, I'm here, hello? Yes, you can
0: hear me? Yes, I can hear you well. Sorry, we got disconnected for a second. I'm going to edit that out um, in one, two, three, four, five. Yes, okay. Um, would you like to start? Um, and piece together. Uh, but first, actually, would you share what books you have out? I, I, I believe you have some books laid out yes. uh, that we're going to yes. utilize for this poem okay. on Poem on the
2: fly. <laughs> okay, yes, actually, I have three books here that I would be happy to share. Uh, one is called, uh, one is by the, the poet laureate of New York, who then became poet laureate of the United States. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. His name is Billy Collins, and his book is called Aimless Love. The second book is by uh, a local uh, Los Angeles poet named Louis Resto, whom I admire. And the poem, this is her latest book called Ascension. And the third is another local. She's actually a Pasadena poet whom I also admire. And, and her name is Hazel Clayton Harrison. She's a poet laureate, co-poet laureate in Altadena. And uh, this book is her brand new book and it's called Down Freedom Road. So I've got a poem in each one that, uh, that I can think of right away that I would not mind sharing part of it or whatever you'd like us to do, whatever the game is.
0: Yes, I would love for us to do that and we could do back and forth. Um, those are great selections of poetry books. I have uh and of books I have three books that aren't as much uh poetry related, but maybe there's a poetic aspect or not. We'll see how this works. I have Alan Watts' This Is It open to a random page. I have uh ML Durkheim's uh the rules of sociological method. And then I have, (laughs) uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And then I have Martha C. Nussbaum's Nussbaum's, uh, sex and social justice. So Mm -hmm. open a random page. So we'll see how this works. Yeah. Uh, All right. All right. Would you like to go first? And we could just, you know, you piece together random words and we'll see, you know, Okay. with these things okay. and we'll go back and forth and you know okay i think this this
2: one might fit the the second title you mentioned I think,
0: uh, yeah, yeah this i one. think not even uh i don't think our just our listeners are in for a treat but you and me i think we're in, in for a treat right now in real time yeah we uh, i can't <laughs> wait
2: okay, okay. Well, here's the first one i'm gonna throw out there this is from aimless love This is the best kind of love, I thought.
0: By others enlivening all that is. Hello? Hello? Yep. Yeah, so it's- uh... Oh, so, so- It's back and forth.
2: Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry about that. Okay, here's, here's my next line. Because when your baby brother knocked on your door, you promoted yourself.
0: I feel it.
2: I am woman, proud, black and
0: free. What the love of God, namely.
2: In spite of hands that have tried to hold me down.
0: That of the objected reality, therefore found. A ring
2: was put on your finger, you declined. Yet
0: one from which the flow
2: of the shadows clearly
0: defines
2: the shadows of an autumn evening,
0: the self employed ethical aim,
2: the love. The love of the miniature orange tree and the clean white shirt.
0: An uphill battle in order to cultivate relationship.
2: You already had responsibilities.
0: the very core, an egoistic moral fear, moral theory, near and dear, nonetheless.
2: When men denied my womanhood.
0: It had been grasped, studied by that social phenomena. No waiting, no
2: huffiness, no rancor, just a twinge.
0: They domesticate us from within.
2: Because when your mother lost her independence...
0: It struck me with the fullest clarity.
2: When my children groped in darkness.
0: I try to live.
2: Because when you were born.
0: The valid being. Radically. On the world of difference.
2: No lust, no slam of the door. At every moment, who can form. And when cancer took your sister's breasts,
0: the philosopher spoke with reinforced authority.
2: I sang spirituals at the Lincoln Memorial.
0: Even Jagger's weaker psychological claim, feel
2: for the wren who had built its nest on a low branch.
0: Plausibly the utilitarian ethical Kantian
2: But my heart is always propped up in a field.
0: In the struggle against Britain, in Gandhi's India.
2: You washed her body every night.
0: The method does not depend upon
2: Sojourner Truth, Mary McLeod,
0: Ida Wells. Unyielding, molecules, property.
2: After I carried the mouse by the tail to a pile of leaves in the woods. It
0: depressed, a bit tired like wine, or tobacco, stomach ulcers, or money.
2: Even though your womb never felt the pain of birth.
0: It faced the whole point of there being life, when the Upanishads, inescapable nowness,
2: When my children groped in darkness.
0: When it was precisely what it should be.
2: I found myself standing at the sink, gazing down affectionately
0: at the soap. Trying to make others radically better. Oh, I think that's a great note to
2: end on. I love that line. Yeah. (laughs) Joshua, this was fun. Thank you for for introducing me to this.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. You know, it's fun for me. And, you know, um, perhaps you would want, um, I know another individual, uh, I think, even shared about uh, apparently there's a place where these types of things are, wanted for publication I can find that out maybe any of the viewers or listeners are interested and you know I could type these up send them along and perhaps other people um can continue to listen in and be inspired and to see how things all come together even in this you know darkness from uh you know, this this political, this whole realm that we're going through and we kind of have this we have this poetry in us to, you know, bring us through and we can talk about it. We can share. We can grow with our community. We we can we can do something. We, we can I agree. Feel, you know, Yep,
2: I agree. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. You know, perhaps yeah. on on Facebook, on social media, you know, some of the places where people could send uh, send their creations in. And as you say, keep keep talking about it on your show yeah think, absolutely think, you know, it's, it's gotta be, yeah it's it's got to be it's got to be constant nourishment and fostering of of this of this creativity of of expression of us expressing our voices and how we feel about
0: life and the world so thank you for what you're doing joshua and thank you for what you're doing so much and please stay tuned check out felma's uh work Buddy, thank you so much for uh, being on, and I can't wait to um, to get your newest, dearest Papa. Your newest Thank you papa. so
2: much. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I've I've, I've enjoyed uh, chatting with you and and sharing our ideas and thoughts on many important issues, Joshua. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Right.
0: You Bye. You too. Hi, Karen Greenbaum. Maya, welcome to Assiduous Dust. This is your uncensored poetry podcast, whatever, whatever it is. It's amazing. And I'm so glad to have you on for this show. Really looking forward to it. Glad to have you here. For By the way, for our viewers who don't know, here's a little bit about Karen. She is incredible and amazing. She's worked as a clinical psychologist. For thirty-five years, amazing. Her BA is from Reed, from um, German language and literature. Has a PhD from the California School of Professional Psychology in clinical psychology. As a psychologist, she's performed she performed psychotherapy and neuropsychological evaluation. Supervised taught doctoral interns. Just incredible, great stuff. Examined. Candidates for licensure and psychology for the state of California. Besides these professional activities, she's reviewed restaurants for the Claremont Courier for five years. Sometimes in heroic cutlets. Nice. And sometimes imitating Hemingway. Great author. Amazing. Managed a congressional campaign. Wow. Wow. geez, it goes on. Sung in local opera company. Developed cookie recipes for commercial use. I gotta get one if it's gluten-free, by the way. Um, returned to poetry in 2000. 2000- Since then, her work has appeared in numerous journals and anthologies, including Body, B-O-D-Y. Uh, Sow's Ear Poetry Review, Comstock Poetry Review, Lilliput Review, Off the Coast, um, Nogatuck, uh, not sure how to pronounce the exact, Nagatak Poetry Review, Measure, More, been nominated twice for the Pushcart Prize and for Best of the Net, congrats. And she co-curates Four Sundays, which is a monthly poetry series in Claremont, California, as well as Garden of Verses, an annual day-long reading of nature poems in Claremont's Rancho Santa Ana and a botanical garden, which is, if you are vacationing to California, just an amazing place to visit, and might as well stop by for four Sundays or for that annual day-long reading. Um, She has been by Catty Wampus uh, Press. Catty Wampus Press has published her three chapbooks, Burrowing Song, uh, Exitory, and her latest one from 2019, Kafka's Cat great title, and Kelsey Kelsey Books uh, publishes her full-length collection, The Book of Knots and Their Untying, which was in 2016 published. I gotta say, um, is there anything you haven't done?
1: Um, You asked if there's anything I haven't done. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) is there anything you haven't? And and, and and up till the last hour, I would have said solved a computer problem, um, but I think we just did.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's perfect. So uh, I'm I'm curious: is there anything that others can't find about you, as well as solved a computer problem that isn't on the internet or oh, certain course. things that you you know that you're willing to share, perhaps yes. poetry related? Things upcoming, perhaps something that's not, or just
1: you, David. Okay. I wish there were something upcoming, um, and I'm open to that. Things that do not show up online, well, I'm pretty sure it doesn't show that I was in the 4-H club as a teenager, and that I raised chickens and sheep. (laughs) You raised chicken and sheep? Chickens and sheep, yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, well cockle
0: doodle do, you know, there you go. Buck buck buck. And also <laughs> Wow.
1: Sheep,
0: you I, I you know, keep, know I, I like to our... say sometimes I'm a bad Jew.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I, yeah, I, I it, will it's I will say, and
1: it doesn't apply to you, sheep are unbelievably stupid. They are really? lit- they are literally too dumb to come in out of the rain.
0: Wow, that perhaps that's also why people say, you know, um you know, because politically yeah. we have quite a bit of uh, you know, uh, sheep that will not come out of the rain, and perhaps that makes sense. Uh, you know, the the you know, the cliche th- that yeah. ho-
1: that holds up pretty well. No, I remember yeah. waking up and like, oh drat, it's raining, getting dressed, going out, grabbing the sheep out of their pen, and marching them into their little shed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: and, 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 and I having... remember that go on. You you
0: had um you know I remember that you I had asked you to join in and write something about the what's politically going on, I believe. Oh yes, uh, that's right. And that's... you had put something in uh, I forget exactly what it was, uh that you had, had uh published online that's a political thing.
1: Right. Um New Verse yeah. News. Yes. Yeah. James Pena is really pretty wonderful. He has this ongoing, oh, up to the minute, um, state of the art, it's happening right now, blog, publication, um, and he wants things that are happening now. And that can be political, that can be social. I've had... Several things on there, including the death of Carol Dota, who was the first topless dancer back in the 60s. Oh, wow, yeah, that, that's quite something, yes. And and so, for anybody
0: who right now happens to be that's listening, that's mm-hmm. interested, yeah, go and new people want to hear what's going on now, so yeah, you go to repeat that again, go to yes. new,
1: new verse news. Um, the instructions for submitting are there. James has fabulous turnaround, as he'd have to, because otherwise it's, it's not contemporary. Um, I've, of I, course, I've had all kinds of stuff on there. I I visited Paris last year, and the last oh wow yeah, and the last day of my visit was the day that Notre Dame burned down. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> Whoa! So I wrote a poem, yeah. poem about that on the plane and sent it in, and he took it. Wow! Yeah. Would you happen to have that poem? Uh, sure. Let me just. Yeah. I, I yeah. You know, let me just race us up. with that. Alrighty, I yes, yes, I could race us with that. Uh, let us just open and go to the proper folder, and let's see thinking of a good keyword mm. and
0: you also you know while you're doing that you 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 like maybe this makes sense to do first mm-hmm. um you are part of uh you curate uh fourth sundays and it right it's a the monthly poetry's series in claremont california as well as the garden of verses i wondered how did you get involved in that what led you to that is there a story behind there
1: yeah i don't know that it's that interesting but it was pathetically easy um pathetically easy Yes. well for those who are
0: interested they might want to now hear because say they want to co-curate and do their own thing you have witnessed it is pathetically easy. So, you have a social <laughs> responsibility to do that. You're co- right. Also, about things that are going modern, that are
1: modern current defense things happening. You're, Please continue. You're right. that We're knocking on these doors. Um, what happened was that I retired from doing psychotherapy mm-hmm. in 2007 and realized that my poetic voice was showing up again, rather, you know, which I was happy about. So I started it was
0: showing up again like not during even beforehand in the psychotherapy stuff? Was it kind of emerging slightly
1: or No, I, I really had to um say I'm not doing that anymore. Mm. Um, I don't know about you, but I find that our uh, our psyches demand proof sometimes. Yep. You know, yep. So, okay, yeah. okay if you're just screwing around. No, you have to mean it. Do you mean it? Show me that you mean it. Okay, then. Yep. Right? Yeah,
0: I've been through that. I yep. it's
1: something very relatable, and it's incredibly annoying. Yeah, but it's, you know, it seems that those are the rules. Anyway, mm. let me tell you. So I started writing poetry again, and uh, after a while, started looking around for places to connect with poetry in public. Turned out Claremont had this very nice poetry series that had been going since 2001. So I started attending. Um, for a year, I attended. I listened. I let myself be inspired or critical or both, depending. And at the end of the year, <laughs> the chairs, I guess, had noticed me and asked me. They approached me and asked me if I would like to be on the steering committee. Okay, so that's
0: what you do. You get involved. You show up. You get get involved. You mm-hmm. show up. You suit up. You know, you get in, involved right. and you do the spiel, and then people say, "See you," and they're like, "Hey, oh you yeah, know, we, oh, we oh, acknowledge you."
1: Right. I mean, about oh, I don't know, the ninth, the ninth reading of that year or something. One of the chairs came up to me, introduced herself. I didn't know she was a chair, and asked. Um, who I was, uh, how long had I liked poetry? What did I do? Who were my favorite poets? Yes. Things like that, and uh, you know, those are questions that that you should be able to respond to.
0: Would you respond to them? Who are you? <laughs> we <laughs> you got that one covered. Uh, what, what was it? What What is your favorite color? And what's the average flight oh. speed of a of a uh, you know swallow? African European? No, no, it's not no, that one. No. It's uh, yeah. So so what? Well, you know, it's, it's, hard, it's you. hard.
1: It's hard. to have favorite poets, but I have favorite poems, um, and or
0: I guess poems or poet uh, currently, I guess maybe or or just uh, yeah.
1: Okay. What's your favorite poem? Uh, yeah. Oh or no, poet currently. no. 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 Yeah. No. Sorry, Joshua cannot do one favorite poem. Let me list off a couple okay, of the poems top of my head. Poems. Okay. Um, Rilke's Archaic Torso of Apollo. Uh Even in translation, that's spectacular. Um, Wallace Stevens, The Emperor of Ice Cream. Nice. And The Jar on the Hill. That one's pretty wonderful. Um, I'm very fond these days of Hilary Gravendike and Lydia Davis. Lydia Davis is kind of Mm. an absurdist. She writes a lot of prose poems. She's also a fabulous translator she did this magnificent translation of remembrance of things past which oh wow yeah, there are some really lousy translations mm-hmm. this one is just graceful and eloquent and doesn't read like a translation
0: well this is something worth checking out please yeah, it, check it out truly it, truly, it. It. truly it yeah. is
1: truly it is yeah
0: i'm going to i'm going to have to check it out as well after this mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's a poem by uh, Joachim Du Bellay that that knocks my socks off, and I I don't, couldn't do a, a good translation of it, but maybe one line. Um, he, he was a French poet of the Pléiade. He was a diplomat who was posted to Rome. He hated it. He hated it. He found he thought it was a conniving, lying, duplicitous, uncongenial place, and he wrote a whole book of of sonnets about how much he hated it.
0: (laughs) Wait, there's been a lot of stuff going on about individuals who have not been too fond of of the Donald, and you know, I found that, you know, not yeah, and I found that as a result of that, there, there's mm-hmm. been some surprisingly interesting poetry stuff going on. Even myself, yes. I've been working it, that's been, um, you know, that's about looking at the social media paradigm and mm-hmm. the political polarization going on. Yes. it That's been going on and how that's led to like the rise of Donald Trump and kind of further mm-hmm. making problems between the country it's really fascinating how that stuff but it can make good good stuff for reading
1: yeah I mean really if um you you know you'd think it would only be the moderns but really if poetry shows us anything it's that if it speaks to you you can make a poem out of it no matter how off. Off the track, it seems, if it does that poetic thing of bringing together two things that weren't together before, of explaining that, that conviction of insight, you can do a poem out of it. Right. And the great thing about the psyche and the
0: mind is that Mm -hmm. it'll look for meaning everywhere.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, I, I have another poem that I probably should read you, too. Um, which is an extended metaphor between age and a dandelion. That works let's. pretty well. Let, let's hear. Let's hear the, the, the Notre Dame one.
0: Yeah, let's hear it.
1: Okay, I'm ready. Good. It's called Old Wood. Halfway through my last dinner, I saw the blaze, unfathomable as the Grand Canyon, creaking shut. The owner confirmed. Everyone on staff is following as firefighters poured the river onto the flames. When the spire lifted as it toppled, people gasped, wailed as though a suicide had jumped. The day before, I'd walked the quays, browsed the boucanists, shot mood pics of the towers, total cornball, through the mist of new leaves. Arrow of God, the spire had fallen before the sun was down. The fire turned the sky red, turned the cross white hot. Not all the water in the world, not even the river could help. People stood and watched, sang and wept. Rains came only the next morning. Ash sifted down, catching, reflecting coral light. I'd brought my husband's ashes in a carved wooden box. No need, no need. After dinner, the owner walked me to the door. We sniffed the air the smell that everyone from Southern California already knows. Fubois, she shrugged, wincing old wood.
0: Wow. That is amazing. It's quite beautiful. Thank Thank you. you.
1: My pleasure. Thank
0: you. And I, Where can, again, can you say where, where others can find it again? Because, because, uh, you know, let's say somebody wants to look at it. Right. I, I, sometimes for me, I like to look at the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. New news. Um, he doesn't really have an archive. You'd have to scroll back to last April, Easter morning, actually, whatever day that was. Um, But if you're willing to go into April and then tap, 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 tap tap till you get there, um, you could find it. So you have
0: um, another poem that you wanted to share. I I think we would love to hear that one.
1: All Um, right. Um, It is a brief. I will read it. Older woman. Lacquered dandelion and full puff, one breath away from gone, the gauzy veil of careful hair floats at anchor over her freckled eggshell skull. She has become the opposite of shrewd. The memory of habit finds her assiduous, coaxing the relic of her crown into its old place. Uh,
0: th- thank you. Thank you. That was great. And I love that you put assiduous in there.
1: I know. Wasn't that, wasn't that uh, serendipitous and singular. That was.
0: Did you do that on purpose? No. Because this is assiduous. No, I know it
1: is. Yes. No, I, wow. was, I read down and thought, oh, well, he'll like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there you go. You know, I heard you the first time read and I was completely entranced. I read, uh, you were reading at, um at the fourth Sundays that which you co-curate oh, right. the for open the open mic, mic. Yeah. and mm-hmm. I know you read something that was incredibly personal and it was uh, hmm. about your your my husband late, I think yeah your late husband yeah okay. and it was it was incredible and you could just feel it in the room mm-hmm. you could just feel it and you know, thank you. And I've been working on, you know, I have that's going to be coming soon. A
1: personal um, collection also. So you're asking about poems I wrote about my late husband.
0: Yes. It was just so beautiful again. And I really loved it and you could feel it in the room. And, and I've been working on a collection of poems myself Mm -hmm. uh, called, Becoming vulnerable, so it really spoke to me at the time oh, because I'd been working on, I was writing a lot of free, and I hadn't. I've been working on a second book, and I hadn't written for about, let's say, about a two-month period, a writer's mm-hmm. block or whatever. I'm not yeah. a fan of that term. And then you you spoke, and all of a sudden, I'm starting to just write, and I'm writing, and then I'm right in the middle. Of, and I'm just inspired and I'm blown away.
1: Isn't that fantastic when that happens? Yeah. I really believe that that's, that, you know, okay, you have to read. You have to read other people's work. But if you go and hear it, I really believe that it calls to your own poetic voice in a way that solitary reading does not.
0: I, I completely agree. So that's a message for other people to go and, yep uh, and join other poetry readings get yourself
1: out there and maybe you'll be asked to co-curate um <laughs> or at least yeah. you know even if you um even if you don't like the poetry if the person if the reader is writing from their own genuine voice it'll call to yours
0: that is so true i found that it, it's weird i even uh-huh. had that for somebody who's poetry I didn't care for not yours I love yours <laughs> thank you I didn't take it yeah. that way
1: but it's, it doesn't hurt to make sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I wondered um so how did you get involved um you know what brought you originally um to poetry to poetry before this uh, wasn't there there was much earlier in poetry you were yeah. what
1: had happened well or, or what how did you originally first get involved when I was nine years old we had a poem in our reading, mm. and I read that, and I thought, this is great. And then immediately, I, uh, arrogantly, I thought, I want to do that. Mm. So I started trying to. I can even tell you the first poem I ever wrote. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yeah.
1: Airplane, airplane in the sky. High and fast, you whiz right by. Are you Pan Am or B fifty two? I've often wondered, haven't you? Airplane, airplane, there you go. Now I'll probably never know.
0: <laughs> That's actually pretty good for that age. I know yeah. and
1: I didn't know it I, B- I didn't know what B fifty twos were, except I knew the expression. I mean now it's kind of profound. Yeah, Yeah yeah. Right. It's a band, right? The B fifty twos. It is that, but it's also <laughs> a bummer. Yeah, I get right. that. Okay, yep. yes. All right. Sorry. One of the hazards <laughs> of teaching is that you explain. It's really it's really annoying for other people, I think. You must have... Are you still there? You, you yeah, must have, I'm there. You must have noticed this at readings. There are... Yeah. There are writers and, you know, they're retired so-and-so from such-and-such. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole mess. Oh, God. Yes. And you and you can kind of tell even before they say that, because they explain everything. I think they're used to people who may or may not know, but they're used to a captive audience of students. Mm. And they and they don't realize that sometimes it can be kind of irritating to have things explained that you already know. Or yes. Or to deprive you of the chance of going and discovering for yourself
0: a and new I- interpretation, and I can fall victim to that. And we all, mm-hmm. I, I, that's right, we all can. And it's something oh, yes. that's really important. That was the first thing taught by my mm-hmm. dear editor friend uh, Coco. She said, "Josh, if you need to explain the poem a bit more, uh, like honestly, if you're saying more than a sentence, if that, right, you probably." You know,
1: maybe it needs more work. Coco is right on the money. Yeah, yeah, I really believe that. If you have to explain the poem for it to make sense, you're not done with it. Yeah. And there's really no reason to think that other people should um, should try to find out what you mean. And if they do, they can come to you after the reading. If they must, yeah. But If they must, I must seek it out. Exactly. But how much better if you put it in there so they go... Whoa! It's the everything I need is right there. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: and that that's the trick to do, and that requires mastery. Now I wonder if would you like to do an on the spot poem, and perhaps we can maybe we can build, go into our psyche, and we can find meaning as a result of this. Okay. Maybe it'll be political. Maybe somehow it'll be. Um, We'll find out. we will
1: talk they're... about sheep. I don't. I don't know. I turn to random yeah, well, pages
0: that I have books
1: open. Absolutely. I don't know about you. Um, you advised me to have some books ready, and I've got several of them, and they're all different kinds of all different kinds of books except poetry. Please, please,
0: please share. Okay, uh, what they are? I've
1: got The Beekeeper's Apprentice by Laurie King. Um, a great Sherlock Holmes pastiche, really worth it. I've got uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Wow. I've got a I don't know sort of a memoir, sort of an extended interview with Fellini.
2: Ooh.
1: Yeah. He's he's a wonderful, wonderful filmmaker. I've got a book called Tuva or Bust, which is about Richard Feynman's obsession Ooh. with the throat singers of Tuva.
0: Um, wow. Yeah.
1: And what else? Oh, here I've got Adam Phillips, Houdini's Box: The Art of Escape. Adam Phillips is a British psychoanalyst who works with children, and adolescents. He's he's not as interesting as he thinks he is, but in small mm. but in small doses. It's, Don't you hate
0: that when people oh, for that? And sometimes you wonder, oh my God, I hope I'm not
1: that. Yes, <laughs> that's right. You're right. It's a cautionary tale. so i have is that it that you have there's one more
0: Um, oh there's one more drum roll mental drum roll
1: it's called the 36 hour day a family guide to caring for persons with memory loss in later life now wow now this is not about my husband but it's a book that someone gave me and i thought okay that ought to change the mood
0: (laughs) there you go yeah. Yeah. Well, I have out. I have the holographic universe. Uh, okay. By uh Michael Talbot. Okay. I have um, actually have brain and behavior: a cognitive neuroscience perspective turned to two particular pages. Oh. Um, that's about <laughs> attention and consciousness for. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, edited uh, by Eagleman and Downer. All um, right. And then I have, uh, the um. I have, uh, which is Uh I always forget how to pronounce it. Oh my God, my Greek is not so good. Well, It's it's with the David Green and uh, Richmond Lattimore uh, uh, Oh, is it translation? One. Yeah, of the translation. Uh, w- w- and it's also, uh, it's the third edition is okay. edited. All right. So with Griffith and Most. Alright. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. Good, good. I, l- I like the range of the ages. Yep. Alrighty. So- Do I start or do you? Well. Now, do you uh, want... Why don't you start? Okay. Do you want a single word or a phrase or what?
0: Just put words together that you see on here and let's do something. Let's see how it goes.
1: Okay. In plain sight, they may hide food.
0: Say Baba's Productions Hypothesize Cochlea. Paulus before the temple.
1: Jesus, God. Um, (laughs) Julieta is a special case. Later, it took
0: my home parallel to the conscious prophecy.
1: I didn't hear him.
0: 64-year-old Indian holy man, global workspace.
1: If there are no divine powers involved, it is only his body that the mystifier has to contend with. But also globally,
0: <laughs> creating <laughs> tasks of impatient
1: sign, closed acorn like tails. Just in case I had it wrong, I said, Tiva! Double Rudrak. Shaw. Okay. No, Less no, fragmented. no, 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 no. If you can't pronounce it, no, no. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Double Rudra. Everything goes ahead.
0: Almost $300 for it.
1: Let's see. <laughs> Help a forgetful person. Play with a puppy. Enjoy flowers.
0: Out of midair, originally it taught me the brain's functions. Do not intubate or overlearn sensory properties.
1: Ask some questions. Upon
0: this throne, Zeus makes the theory interesting.
1: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Zeus is lit, professor. Okay. Um. Let's see. Is that
0: a good stopping point?
1: (laughs) Or you want to keep going? I I have. I think I have a final. Okay. Yeah. He's asleep. Don't wake him up.
0: Finally, he produces his hands answering blue turquoise
1: recess. Jeez. Okay. Snuffle in the weeds, anoint them. Tears, hurt,
0: labor, wool, high integration
1: like a twin orange he said she is going to abandon the hive in a lower state of consciousness <laughs> <laughs> um let's see these problems were set before us to keep the double seed
0: with no open windows
1: To pass the time
0: of women lying all upon the chairs. Let's see.
1: Uh, Of women lying upon the chairs? Yep. Okay. Forget what it is we are escaping from
0: in the social world that works yeah let's stop it there
1: let's stop it there
0: uh,
1: okay okay now, now you've got yeah. send, you've got to transcribe it and send me the text of this i have a oh feeling my god that, yeah that with, that with some punctuation this could actually work yeah definitely. and you and, and you know there are journals that are interested particularly in collaborative poems well there you go and uh
0: you know what maybe we'll we'll even post it somehow somewhere or we'll have it well let's let's, publish there and maybe 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 then we can see and other people can try to dig meaning and take themselves out of the rain into it and 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 find out (laughs) what's going on in their psyche
1: well that's the thing when something is as absurd as this you know you we, we try to make meaning we try to connect it up and you can come up with some pretty interesting things that are not necessarily what someone else would would pull up well thank you
0: so much and thank you so much for for joining us for assiduous dust and you know um please also check out uh her uh, Karen's latest book, The Book of Knots and Their Untying, also. Um, Actually,
1: found where? Well, Amazon has it. So does Kelsey Books. But I know K- Kafka's K- Cat K- is technically the latest. Yes, that's right. Technically, but that's your. The Book of okay. Knots is um, book length and has more in it. Kafka's Cat, it's just plain weird, but damn it. So, oh, it so works. maybe Kafka's Cat. Check out both. Check yeah. out both. Now or cat, else. Now Kafka's Cat is only at Catty Wampus Press. Only at
0: Catty Wampus Press. Gotcha. Yes. Okay.
1: And shall I read one poem from that and then we call it a call it a podcast?
0: I think that would be an excellent idea,
1: Karen. Okay. Here we are. I think I will read. Cold little protoplanet. Kafka is resolved to leave Prague for the place he belongs. Not political places that do not yet exist, not imaginary places that can never exist, matter and antimatter in one small space, each jostling to release the power of the other. He belongs on Ceres, out beyond Mars, beyond war. Sister Vesta is radiant with inner half-lives, but Ceres is cold. Ceres cannot be seen with the naked eye unless you are freakishly farsighted. Ceres dwells in the space where something is missing. She is not even the planet Kepler and Bode were looking for. Ceres is nothing but a relic. She burnt out her hot core long ago. Now she is covered with fine black ash. Too small to keep her air too small to become a proper planet, too distant to find warmth from the sun. To Ceres, the sun is a smudged pinpoint, and the sun cannot see Ceres at all. Kafka feels tender when he thinks of her inadequacy. He knows she would never mock him. She is goddess of what has grown to be cut down, goddess of vegetarians, of everything that will not stay buried.
0: Wow. That's a, that's a perfect ending right there for that one. That's a, that's yes. So let it, let us
1: on that note, say
0: buried, but say amen and adieu.
1: Yes. And Josh. And and thank you. Oh, this, (laughs) this was, this was really fun. Um, yeah, this was really fun. I mean, talking poetry is always really fun. (laughs)
0: I will quote you on that. This was really fun. From Karen Greenbaum Maya. Do. W- watch assiduous dust.
1: Yes. And listen. <laughs> no, listen to it. Watch: Watch Kafka's cat. Yes. Seek out Kafka's cat. Yeah. Uh,
0: let a book tie and untie your naughty shoes. Yes. And slip yourself into a nice frame of mind. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thanks so okay. much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.